Hello, and welcome to episode 20 of Columbus Local Podcast. I am Len D'Amico, and today we have Aaron Buckley. Hey, y'all. Aaron, how are you doing? Good, man. I'm doing good. I love it. So, um, Aaron is, uh, you're based in Columbus, Ohio. Yep, based out of Columbus. And you, um, you, how long have you been in Columbus? Uh, I've been in Columbus for, I'd say, 34 years, 35 like that moved here when i was like eight no i guess it'd be more than like 30 years something like that yeah so you're kind of a you're kind of a native native these days i'm a 30 year <laughs> native of columbus <laughs> well we Aaron, we see you we see you all over um you you know you're a, you're obviously a entrepreneur and uh you produce your own music we and, write uh, uh we write our own music play our own play our own melodies to the music um but the production aspect of it, man, we kind of, if it needs a little push in the right direction, we let those guys at the studio, you know, kind of give us. Do a, the heavy lifting. Yeah, kind of give us a little bit of pointers. They see it every day. We don't, you know, and we want to make the best product that we can when we get out of there. So it's, it's all ears. We're always up to discussion with that. What comes next? What's going to go after this? You know, what we should put here, what we should take out. Uh, that's more the production side of it. We just give it to them raw. Yeah, that's know. cool. And you, so you, you, um, you produce your own music, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, from a standpoint of, of the artistic aspect and, um, you, uh, you write the songs, you're a guitar player. I know, mm-hmm. uh, what else, what other instruments do you play? Uh, I don't really play other instruments per se, but I do shoot a lot of nail guns. <laughs> and they got a distinct sound, you know. I can almost tell what the kind talk. of gauge it is, you know. <laughs> well, the finishing, yeah, the finishing nail gun is a little different than the than yeah than the, the framer. Finder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they're all battery powered now too, so you know, no more air compressors. Yeah, that's that's a big change, isn't it? Huge change. Wow. Huge change. One less step in the process. Well, good for you though. That's good stuff. Yeah. So um, musically. You know, I've seen you solo, but I know you have more than that. What What do you have going on currently? Uh, currently, I've played with a couple of different bands. One being my cousin's country band. Um, they're called Buckshot, and uh, it's just a group of good old boys. They've always picked music together. Um, they They do a lot of wholesome, fun stuff, you know, that you don't get to do every day. You know, I play a lot of solo stuff, so when I do get the opportunity to play with the band... It's going to be with a group that's going to be fun. You know, I always want to bring the most fun out of it. And um, we play a lot down at Tavern 62. Uh, our next couple of gigs that are coming up, one is, uh, they're both bike nights. One will be September 13th at Tavern 62. And then the next one will be October 11th, all on Wednesdays. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, all on Wednesdays. Yeah, so, uh, and it's 2023, just to date this. So, you know, this will get published today. Um and yep, so they're we all got time to check, we got time to catch those shows. Yes, there's still time, plenty of time to come out there and check those guys out. And like I said, if you want to see a band having a good time, that's the one to go see. You Absolutely, know? we have such a game good time, and uh, the camaraderie is all there. the The music is all there, and of course, the good old fashioned back slapping, beer drinking, get down. Is always, that that aspect of it is is always there. That's you know? a given. Yeah, that's a given. That's a, I wouldn't go unless that was there. You know, that's for sure. Sweet, um, Aaron. How would you describe the, the the type of music? 
Is it Americana? Is it you know? uh, with that uh, with that band there? That'd be old school country. You know, that's all cover stuff. We do very very minimal uh, original music now. When it comes to solo stuff, um, or even my original band stuff, it's really hard to put your finger on what it is. You know, you could say it sounds like country, but it sounds like kind of bluesy and it has a rock aspect to it so what would you call that you know what what do you what do you put your finger on as as what that is do you do you draw circles in each one of those and then however the lines intersect is that how you say how, what that is I don't that's know. probably why i'm drawn to your music aaron is because you what you just described is is unique and you kind of kind of have your own slice of 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 what you just call Aaron Buckley tunes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I kind of pull from pull from stuff that inspires me, stuff that, you know, because you're not going to come up with something that somebody hasn't ever heard before. You know, it's all been done in some way or another. They just call it whatever. But I pull from my influences as far as my, uh, you know, I listen to a lot of different stuff, not just country or or bluegrass or old Skinner stuff or that's the stuff that I really like but I'll listen to everything and kind of put take out of it what I will and put that into my own influence into the stuff that we write so that's kind of how we're able to capitalize on never being under one specific genre yeah you know you kind of flirt with a little bit of everything that kind of would broaden the horizon on of your listener really you know, somebody likes a little bit of that. I've heard a lot of people say, man, I'm not a really big country fan, but you're you're good. I, I like that. And it's not really, you don't have to come out there with a with a cowboy hat and, you know, and... Be something that you're not... Yeah. And try to... Naturally, you know, uh, expressing. You, right. You are definitely yourself. There's no question about it. Yeah. Yeah. I can't be anybody else. Uh, that's just, that's not my... That's not how I get down. You that's know? cool, man. <laughs> You're a genuine person. Well, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, yeah it's cool. I appreciate it. Well, uh, let's talk a little about your podcast. That's what I want to know. Oh, I told man. him, I said, Lynn, I've never been on a podcast. What do I bring to a podcast? Do I bring, uh, I mean, <laughs> what do I do? And he said, buddy, just come on over here. We're going to talk about you for a couple hours. Holy cow. <laughs> So how it's, you? It's, uh, it's all about you. It's all about the guest, man. It really. It, sometimes a guest will squeeze something out of me, you know. But then I got to. I, I, I try to, you know, well, this turn, is turn the, 20th, the spotlight back. Twentieth episode. Let's hear something good on the twentieth episode. Yeah, that you know, I, I'm kind of thinking you're going to have some good stuff. Oh, well, I've got some stories. <laughs> you're not that, a guy. Uh, you're not a guy that just lays down. Right? No, no, no. But, but before we get to some of that, I think. It would be interesting to know kind of where you're where you're from originally. Where'd you grow up, and how'd you get involved in music? Um, Southern Ohio boy. Mm-hmm. We moved up to uh, Grove City. Uh, I'm thinking I was like third or fourth grade. Do you ever really have a memory when you're in like third or fourth grade? You can tie your shoes, but you don't really remember your address. You know that kind of I shit. Don't remember my phone number. <laughs> I don't remember anything. <laughs> Uh, I had two brothers. They were brutal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was the middle child. So I, was I was the, the oldest. The, oh, you got this. So I just had noise. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Southern Ohio moved to Gross City. And um, 
my family had a big uh, a big part of me catching that musical bug. Nobody in my family really was musical. They didn't play. Nobody played drums or guitar, or bass, or so I never really saw it. You know, like younger kids grow up being around it all the time. They see it all the time. You know, so it's almost like it was there when they wanted to, that kind of thing. I always knew that I wanted to. I always liked to sing. I would sing along with the radio. And uh, and my aunt actually gave me this Walkman tape player. And I remember it had uh, it had Garth Brooks, um, uh, one of his one of his records in it that had on uh, Papa Love Mama. That was like the that was like the hit song on it, man. And I wore that thing out. I didn't even care if people could hear me. I knew people could hear me, and I still didn't care. I put them bad boys on, and I'd walk down the street and jam to, you know. That summer, being eleven, twelve years old, and didn't Word care. out. Yeah, so that was uh, that was when I kind of and a lot of them always knew that I wanted to sing. Not really that I wanted to sing, but I just did. And uh, about I don't know when I was twelve or thirteen, uh, my aunt I begged her and begged her and begged her. I was like, man, I either want two things, one of two things. I want I want a new shotgun. Or I want a new guitar. And my dad was like, okay, you're getting a new guitar. You know, <laughs> we got plenty of shotguns. <laughs> and uh, she came through the door with that thing, and she showed up with just like the stand and a strap and uh, like a couple of picks and like this beginner, beginner to guitar six-string book and had it sitting under the um, Christmas tree. And uh, then when she came out for Christmas, she gave me some big bullshit story like, man, uh, we couldn't get the guitar that you wanted, but we got all the rest of the stuff and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, you know, it's cool. I can just, you know. So I started oh, mostly wands and Yeah, I don't know what we could do. And then, of course, after everybody got done opening their stuff, they brought out this guitar. I was like, oh, my gosh. I think I even, like, slept with that thing that night, man. It was like one of those, like... I held on to it and never let it go. That's a, that's beautiful. Yeah, so she's the one that was responsible for getting me my first guitar. And uh, and really how it all came to be, and me and my brother and the kids that we went to school with, they would all kind of congregate at our house and party at our house. And, um, man, it just started out like a couple of chords and just making fun of somebody, putting it all together and playing and singing at the same time. And the same time, still trying to learn songs and play, play the right, you know, play your play the right song and then sing it on top of that like somebody else did. It took me a really long time to be able to put those two together and make them and make it so it was effortless. You know, it wasn't such a struggle. And you could tell, I could tell when I was struggling putting that stuff together on a song, or I would get through halfway through a song, I'd stop. You know, that, and I would, just, and being in front of people, you know, that kind of starts your, uh, that starts your stage presence. You know, if you get stage fright or if you're really looking out there and a couple of people are looking at you and like, oh God, I could not get through the song. You know, I think that's, uh, a lot of people say that I have a big stage presence. I think that was a lot of it was being so embarrassed or so, uh, you know, kind of humiliated and really in all reality, looking back at it now none of them could play guitar and sing 
they were just kind of poke fun at me, you know, and I, I kind of took it on the chin and, and just kind of let that be a part of it, you know, let that be a part of it being, even if I do now, if I miss a, miss a chord or, or can't remember lyrics or something like that, I'm like, I always think back, you know, they can't do what we're up here doing either. So that's why they're here to see us. If, you, if I mess up, you know, you know you're, you're seasoned. And it's, it just works in. Yeah, and yeah. it kind of gets easier as you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as far as like, uh, as far as stage stuff like that back then, I had no idea what it was even going to be like. You know, I had absolutely no clue. And in, and in all reality, looking back at it, it's just kind of like sitting around in a room with all your buddies and your brother and whoever. And, you know, a couple of the girls are there. It's the exact same thing going out and playing at a bar as it would be playing it, you know, in your, in your basement in your, in your house. Yeah. Yeah. Bonfire you know. in the backyard. Yeah. It's the exact barbecue. same thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what, that's how it feels at a Aaron Buckley show when you're solo. Um, I haven't seen your full band though. I haven't seen you play in a band. October the 8th, we are playing at a, uh, a benefit for a couple of kids that are pretty, pretty worse for wear when it comes to, uh, health wise. And, you know, in order for them to get the treatments that they're going to be able to get, uh, we're going to go out there and donate a lot of our time and our efforts, um, especially our musical talents, on uh, October the 8th down in Washington Courthouse. And if you guys check out my Facebook page, my band page, we'll have all that posted on all the details and the times and what's going to be there, you know, who who's all going to be there and all that. Um but I would really like for you guys to come down and, oh, and check yeah. that out. Yeah, that'd be a, definitely on our on our plate. We, if if neither one of us has, has a gig, we we definitely you know try to get around and see uh, see other people you know yes. play and and uh, support our uh, our you know our fellow bandmates and yeah fellow pickers fellow bandmates. That's right. And that's what we were kind of hitting around about earlier. We're sitting at the table talking, and uh, you know, part of um, a part of me musically first and foremost uh of above anything is that i'm a fan of music i'm a huge fan of music uh and if i wasn't out there playing or doing it you're damn right i'd be out watching somebody else or going out to see somebody else yeah. somebody i've never seen before yeah. somebody i've been wanting to see you know i'm always out looking for somebody that's you know that's got it that it factor that you know it's like wow that's cool you know, especially as a solo guy going out and seeing other people that go out and do solo stuff or even duo stuff or even trio stuff. You know, there's one person in that band or whatever in that crew that sticks out in your mind and you're like, wow, that's my, that's, you know, that's what I'm out here to do. That's what I'm out here to see. Absolutely. And I, I have a small list I can share with you, you know, when we're done uh, with this uh, episode. Uh, some some recommendations I have you know for you to check out. There's just some great, great, great local music out here, and not so local. Some of these folks are big, big time, huh? Yeah. I mean, yeah. what does uh, I, I wouldn't care if they were big time or not. Yeah. I like to see the guys that go out and still do it. You As know? do I. You know, absolutely. I, it, that uh, that fame. That fame uh, thing, I think, kind of clouds clouds what we're actually out there to do. You know. Yeah. And it's uh, that's a shame, but that's uh, I, that's just my opinion. So chronologically, you you uh, you were from um, Southern Ohio, is yep, that right? Down by Southern Ohio, Wilkesville. 
And then you uh, moved into uh, Grove which City. area? Grove City. Yep, we Grove moved City to Grove guy. City. And then uh, we, we stayed out there for a few years and then uh, ended up ultimately on the west side of Columbus um, in a good area. You know, the good old west side. Yeah. Went to uh, Pleasant View Middle School. And um, during my, when I was in high school, they had these uh, split sessions, which was crazy. They would have one group of kids go at like five o'clock in the morning, get off at one. And then I would literally like pass my brother on the bus. We'd be getting dropped off. He'd be getting picked up and going to school from like one to five. It was very strange. So where we lived at the time was actually zoned for Franklin Heights. So my brother was a senior. And um, he got to stay there at that school. I was a sophomore, and they took me from Westland and went over to Franklin Heights. But it was kind of cool because all the kids in the neighborhood all went to Franklin Heights anyways, and we all knew them. And, uh, and graduated from there and, uh, and went off and, and was playing music literally right out of high school. Uh, it, was, it was how I got my start going out and actually playing a lot was in a, a gospel band. Um, I played for a guy. And wrote a lot of songs for a guy named uh, Larry Wilson. He's from the West Side. Uh, lives there on the West Side now. And uh, he had this this little band called God's Country Band. And uh, played played uh, with a few really really good friends. A guys you know a couple of guys I used to fish with. One of them was mandolin player, bass player. And uh, he ended up playing mandolin. He started out playing uh, rhythm guitar. And I kind of took his job so he could play mandolin. And then we got another piano player uh, named Sam. Uh, we had several different bass players uh, coming in and out of there. One that really sticks out to me is a guy named uh, Tim Lamb. And he was a local local musician for a long time in a lot of bands. And we got to play a lot with him. And a uh, guy, drummer, was uh, Jamie Pickrell. And... Uh, he was always, always such a good, big smile on his face, you know, drummer. Having a good time, drummer. Yes, all yeah. the time. You can't, can't, you could stub that guy's toe and he'd still be smiling, you know, <laughs> if he was playing his drums. But uh, we started out with him and played with that guy for a long time, for a couple of years. And, uh, and then ended up just kind of splitting away and doing my own thing. Uh, I was probably 22, 23 years old and started, uh, started a group the Aaron Buckley band and it just rolled on from there. And it's, is it still intact? Yeah, actually, uh, some of the original guys that were in the very first, the very first time I piled them all in my van and threw all their shit. I was like, get your guitars, uh, grab a couple pairs of clothes, you know, get in the van. We're going to Nashville. I still am playing with those guys on October the 8th. Uh, bass player is at the, the bass player is actually going to play guitar. Uh, the bass player that was playing down there uh, in Nashville with us is going to be playing with us, Nate Varner, who is an absolute sweetheart of a person and an amazing musician. Um, and then Harold Towns uh, is is going to be playing drums and running sound for us. Really cool. Down there. Yeah, and I wish you guys could really see these guys. I mean, uh, I don't know if you've ever run around and seen DJ, but uh, DJ Washington is one of the... He is one of the most down-to-earth, humble, super-duper direct and to-the-point musically and can do anything musically that he wants to do. And he really is, is one of the best, best people you know, that I know. And uh, he's still sticking around, still, 
still out there playing. Um, I mean, those uh, him and him and Mike twice one time we were supposed to play at uh, Ohio Bike Week in Lake Erie, and I had run off of some did all, you know did what I was doing <laughs> that night, and uh, they came over the next day and they had found me from my phone location. This was like back before you know any of the phone location thing they you know lost my iphone that was like new at the time i think i had like an iphone 8 and uh they found my location came back and picked me up threw me in the van and then we drove straight up to uh sandusky and played played ohio bike week that night we actually made it but we had two gigs that was what it was we had to, we had to go to um we had to stop at the harley dealership and play uh at mad river harley for a couple hours, and then after we got done playing at the Harley dealership, we went down and played on, on, uh, you know, the main drag there at the Barrel House, for Bike Week. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I wish you, uh, I wish you could get DJ in here and, and do a couple of podcasts, and he, I'm sure he's got some stories that I completely forgot about. <laughs> oh well, sure, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, there's, I'm, believe it or not, I've got one to three episodes booked through like january of next year mm -hmm. so One it's non-stop it's non-stop that's good <clears throat> are you ready for a beer sure boy. <laughs> thank you mm -hmm. yeah so aaron uh, uh appreciate you uh, bringing some pre-game material um bush light that's a good beer man it's smooth how long man. you been how long you been drinking bush light man you know what i kind of switch it up in it's the American. summertime in the summertime i'll do uh bush light because you can drink 30 of them and you know still not uh not feel like you've drank 30 of them so in the winter time when it's a little colder uh you know you're kind of forced inside I normally drink like a heavier beer, like Budweiser or something like that, mm. in the in the winter. Still American though. Still American, so far. But Ohio. yeah, old Bush like Ohio yeah. Rude. Ohio is it really? Oh yeah, it is. I think Bush is actually. I think uh, up here at uh, two seventy and seventy one. Used they used to. Do you remember in Columbus when they had Buffalo mm -hmm. in, in that field? They had all kind of and exotic all stuff. All kind in there. of stuff going on. Yeah, that was neat. I remember that Bush mm. Boulevard. Oh yeah, yep. Um, so you know, back to your music though, man. You so you you went to Nashville. How how did that go for you guys? Um, it really it went really well. Uh, nothing bad ever really happened, <clears throat> but a lot of good things happened. We met so many good people just by going down there, and I think just for. Um, I don't know what it is about like the atmosphere down there, whatever, or what they have preconceived when they, before they think they're going to go to Nashville. I do believe that if you're from, uh, Iowa and you go down to Nashville and you see somebody playing on one of them stages in Broadway, you think that it's like, Ooh, you know, that maybe there's going to be some big, great big star someday. And really that's, not what I was after. I wasn't after that at all. I was just traveling the avenue that I was presented. So the people that we knew said, hey, come down here and check this out. And one of the very first times I ever went down there and played, uh, a friend of mine, Dusty, jumped in the truck with me and we drove down. And uh, I met with John Taylor. And this was before Tootsies was all 
redone. This was the old school tilt-tees. It literally had like a like a half of a door um, that was a, upstairs to it. And uh, I went downstairs and, and Scott said, Scott was on stage. He said, go over there and talk to John. See where, uh, see where he wants to put you. So I ran upstairs and uh, I walk into an office. And this was the very first time I was ever going to play guitar in Nashville, sit on a stage ever. <clears throat> I was really nervous, which I really... I don't ever really get nervous, but I was like, oh, man, this is like the big time, you yeah, know. Naturally, I mean. You know, I thought it was something that was, you know. It's special. Yes, it was Not definitely. everybody's doing that. Yeah, so uh, I walked up there, and I literally, there was this Mexican dude sitting on this side, and John Taylor sitting on that side. It was two desks kind of facing each other, and it was nothing but piles of money all over the tables, and they were back there counting money, and this is at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, he said, boy, what are you doing up here? And he's, I said, Scott uh, Collier told me to come up here and ask you, ask, where do I go? You know, where do I play at? He said, go ahead and play out back. He said, I'll be back down there to see you in a minute. He said, whoever's playing down there, tell them you're on. I said, okay, so. Kick him off the stage? I literally went down there, and he was ending. <laughs> Thank God I didn't have to say, like, hey, man, you know, get off my turf because this is my turn, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, it was it was really cool. The Did guy was like, that way. you know, and it was, like I said, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. This guy probably had been playing since 11, so I'm sure he was, you know, ready for a break. I got up there, and I sat from 2 o'clock, and I remember this. <laughs> it was crazy because my buddy Dusty doesn't normally drink a lot. You know, he doesn't drink hardly at all. And there was this really good-looking bartender over in the corner, and uh, I remember starting at 2 o'clock and playing and playing and playing and playing. It never really took a break. I was talking to people, you know, doing requests. Some people would come up and ask for a request, and I would do it if I could. But I remember at, like, 7 o'clock at night looking over, and I see Dusty with his head in his hand, like, sitting at the bar because <laughs> he kept drinking, taking shots. This girl at the bar was, like, upselling him, you know? <laughs> So by the time we got out of there, I was like, damn, Dusty, I, I, I think I played from like 2 o'clock to 8 o'clock, 7.30 or something like that, which is like five and a half hours. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. So and, and I was waiting for the dude to come down, tell me. Never did. Yeah, he finally shows up oh. at like 8 o'clock, and he was like, damn, you still up here? And I'm like, yeah, dude, you told me to come over here to play. You know, I'm still playing. He was like, well, I like your attitude. He said, why don't you come down tomorrow morning? He said, meet me down at Rippy's, which is across the street from uh, Tootsie's. I said, okay. So I show up there, 1045 with my gear, got my guitar. Dusty's out there drinking coffee, you know, getting rid of his hangover. And uh, here he comes. He walked out of his little office door at Tootsie's right across the street. And he said, Mr. Buckley, I'm going to have you up here today. And uh, at 2 o'clock, somebody else is going to come and get you. So you don't play any further than 2 o'clock. I said, okay, that's fine with me. So I played until 2 o'clock. Here he comes, uh, walking through the front door. And he said, hey, Mr. Buckley, we're going to bring you back here. Come on. I literally went from the front stage at Rippy's around the corner to the backstage at Rippy's. And you can see it through, like, through the glass. <laughs> Somebody else sat here, and I played for another four hours. And then uh, at the, after that... Anytime I would go down there, I would call John directly. I would say, hey, John, go I'm coming to town. town. Yeah, he'd say, all right, I'll put you up here for a week. Oh, dude, know? that's freaking awesome. So we would get, uh, you know, we would have to find our own place to stay and stuff. And 
but I would bring the whole band down. Wouldn't have to hire any other pickers out of, out of Nashville. So it wasn't like I was hiring somebody that was going to charge me $100 a gig or charge me whatever. It was whatever we made is what we made. No, were you running your own sound? No, or, they, or have they, own have sound. Own okay. yeah, they have their own sound. built in. Yeah, they'll have a drum, like backline. So basically all you do is bring in. Plug, plug in. Yeah. Nice. Uh, DI box. You know, I bring a cable with DI box and my own microphone because God knows what has been going oh, yeah. on with those. What's going on on that? Yeah, and who's Material. been talking through it and what, whatever. So what, what kind of liquids? spraying all over the place like yeah no yeah thanks, man. yeah no i'd rather just bring mo and uh it, it just kind of snowballed from there so we would come back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and that's what we would do we'd we'd get off of work on you know thursday thursday evening some of us would get off late and we'd literally have to wait for everybody to get there and we'd jump in the van we'd drive all the way down there we'd get there 9 30 somewhere around there unload our stuff play from 10 to 2, get up the next day. So it would be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Every day we would play three shifts. We'd do 11 to 2, 2 to 6, take 6 to 10 off, play 10 to 2. Wow. For like four days in a row. And it really wasn't the music that would 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 get to you or, you know, the, the running out of material or songs because people, you know, it's different sets of people every night. So they're going to come in and request the same shit. Man, it was the drinking every day that you were up there that it would just kill me, man. I remember. What are you drinking? What are you drinking though? That's that's hammering you like that. Uh, well, this was like when Fireball was oh, first geez. was like first came out, and I don't know who the marketing team for Fireball was, but they were all over. Dude, that's the team that you need to get to market anything because they had Fireball. They had Fireball every fucking thing down there in Nashville, and uh, it's. Another funny story, we were playing at uh, Honky Tonk Central, and this is when it was very first open. Mm. So we were some of the first bands to ever get to sit up there and play, and they were still staffing the bar. They were still putting shot glasses in there, you know, cups and stuff. You know, it was crazy. This would be when you could still have glass shot glasses in Nashville. Now they don't do that anymore. Uh, So we would go, and people would say, you know, if they wanted us to do a song, they would say, we'll buy you a shot. Okay, well, we, okay, that's fine, that's fine, you know, whatever, we do it. And then all of a sudden, the shot glasses would line up at the bar. The bar would get full, and the bartender would get out of shot glasses. So she would just take a bucket of ice and a bottle of Fireball. She'd be like, when you guys want to take a shot, just drink it out of the bottle, man. We need all these glasses. <laughs> and she would come and scrape, grab up all of our glasses. And it was, uh, that's just how it went. Uh, when, when that when we were playing music down there but it was it was really like the down times that that little bit of a window that six to ten that we got to take off that we got to be down right in the thick of it on broadway got to walk behind the rhyme and you know uh go to the barbecue joint right there and just be down being down there that was some of our funnest times me and the band being all together and we never split up after we got off stage it wasn't like you go your way, I go mine. We literally all stuck together because we were all like You were outsiders. looking for a place to stay. Yeah, we're like, <laughs> we, I mean, we would go down and, and we just wanted to, we just wanted to go somewhere and chill and not be half fucked up, you know, by the time we got back to the gig. And we didn't really, we didn't really want to leave too far off of Broadway because we put all of our stuff in that, either our next gig, wherever we would play, wherever it would be, or we'd leave it in my van and, you know, that would have just, 
that would have crippled us if we would have uh, if we would have lost a guitar or oh, a yeah. drum head or I mean anything something, really anything yeah it would have just taken a key something crazy it would have yeah. shut us down big time man that was just wow. that was something that we didn't want to happen and we saw it to happen a lot of other people a lot of those guys that were on the road running down the road with a trailer and throw all their gear in it and then you know they get ready to go and it's gone yep I would be devastated man yep. I mean I wouldn't even know what to do in that situation well yeah that that, that happens unfortunately and um, you see those posts sometimes on social media oh my god we lost our stuff it's like Oh, it's it's infuriating. It's it's painful. It to, is, to see that. and for the people that do that, they have no idea what they're even no. screwing with. You know, no, they're just gonna dump it somewhere quick. Man, if I like to get buck. a hold of them guys a few times, phew. Sure thing. But uh, anything funny happened to you? Oh man, in your lifetime of music, Mister Mister Aaron Buckley. Speaking of, uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna <laughs> Ron Dawson, man, and God love you, man. He's from New Jersey. So he's not like, uh, he's not like good old down home humor. You know what I mean? The dude is, he's a serious East coast guy. East coaster, man. He's wound tighter than a is banjo a string. Musician? Dude. Yes. He's a guitar player. Fantastic guitar player. Mm. And he does, uh, he does a lot of other stuff too. But the very first time that I had hired him to come down and play a gig, uh, I was playing with this guy named George Redder, who was a drummer. And uh, Jimmy Daniels, who was a bass player, and he had played with a lot of older older guys. Um, I think like Mel McDaniels or something. I mean, something crazy big on the road with him. So he was an Ohio boy. I come down and I had hired uh, another guy to play. Uh, excuse me, play lap steel. And he uh, he was he was kind of dogging me. First couple times he would show up twenty minutes, thirty minutes late. And I just was like, dude, you're going to make me lose my mind if you show up late. Not You're making me late. You know, you're my lead guy. I need that. So Ron shows up to a little barn. Well, it's a pretty decent-sized barn, pole barn, out in Waverly, Ohio. And it was called Ackard's Pizza. And uh, Ron shows up on time. And George and Jimmy are the ones that met this guy. And they were like, dude, you got to you got to tell this guy to come out here and play. He's like, this guy can really play, man. He's a great player. He's what we need. So I said, okay. I called him up, and they gave me his, gave me his phone number on a, inside of a cigarette pack. They wrote his phone number down on inside of a, like a Marlboro light pack and gave it to me. <laughs> so I called him up that day. You know, it was the day of a gig, Friday night. I'm like, hey, man, anyway, you can come down and play some guitar, me and George and Jimmy. He's like, Sure, show me, give me the address. So he shows up, we get all unloaded, and the lap steel player shows up like 20 minutes late. We're getting ready to play the first song, and the dude starts walking through the door. I told him, I was like, dude, I'm docking your pay for that. You well, know? What location is this happening? Is it Ackard's Pizza? This was in Waverly. Oh, Waverly, you just yeah. Said that. yeah. So the dude shows up late, and uh, we get up there and we play, play a set. This is the very first time I've ever talked to Ron. I've ever met Ron. I never shook the dude's hand. I never, anything. So I get done with the first set. We walk out the door and, uh, and this lady follows us out and she was, was like, Hey, whatever song that was that you just played, it was my favorite song. And when she said favorite, she spit her tooth out 
out of her mouth and it hit me in the chest and it bounced down and it fell on everything on the ground and it was like everything was all chipped up white painted concrete so everything looked like a tooth and i couldn't find it like normally i'd be like oh there it is you know bam it was like and she grabbed my arm and was like dude you gotta help me find this i've lost i lost like three of these things i'm like oh hell no so and i was i really did try to help her find it for like 10 minutes right and uh, Ron, he Ron pretty much like bailed on me. As soon as he, as soon as he spit the tooth out, he was like, "Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa!" I'm out. Yeah, he's like, "No," nope. walked straight back as he flipped the cigarette out and walked straight back inside. So we, I finally the fiddle player came out and was like, "Man, you got to come in here and play, dude. We we got time to be out there messing with that." I'm like, "Okay." So we walk back in, play another set, and then the lady that lost her tooth just. Came in and sat down right in front of us, and she was sitting at the picnic table, smiling, right, at you. smiling like a motherfucker, man. <laughs> Never even know that she was missing the tooth, man. I mean, drinking beer, not even caring, laughing. Mm. So, uh, like, we had a couple more sets, and then on the last one, George's wife came back in from outside, and she walks up to me and she was like, "Hey, Aaron, I found this tooth outside." <laughs> no way! <laughs> I swear to God. And I was like, oh, my God, how did you see that, man? And she was like, it was shiny. Haystack. Yeah, I was like, dude, everything looked like a tooth that was on the ground. I'm like, man, where is this tooth? So she comes up, and I, I give it to the lady. I walk straight over, and I'm like, I know who that is. I go up to her, and I hand her the tooth. And she grabbed it right out of my hand and didn't, like, didn't wash it off, didn't nothing, man. She slammed that thing right in there, and she was like, who do I owe beer to? I said, you better want to go get one for George's wife. And George's wife was fucking hammered, by the way. She, I don't even know how she found this thing. I don't know how she found her way back into the bar after Did that. Did she take her up on a new drink, though? Oh, yeah. She definitely had the beer. We were tearing down. <laughs> and we were so far out in the country, man. I mean. Waverly is not a big town. It is not a big town. And uh, had a had a, a school-age uh, friend of mine who was from Waverly, loved Waverly, Ohio. Uh, we actually got the chance to play at the Emmett House in Waverly, Ohio, which was like a really cool, old, it was definitely historic. It was like back in the in the Underground Railroad days, and it was like a Prohibition-era bootleg whiskey place. Um, and it was definitely creepy, like old-school, creepy, haunted type of shit, you know. Um, but we did get the chance to play there. They had their little... Uh, their little festival or whatever uh that was like they shut their little main drag of the town down by the bank and in front of the emmett house and that was the first time that uh i guess my fiddle player that was the first time that she'd ever heard of uh goat shit bingo in waverly ohio that was two things that happened in waverly and uh you ever heard of that no man no yeah so they paint all these squares in the middle of the of the road and then they put this goat out there and wherever the goat shits, that's your bingo. Like, that's what you hit the, the number that it shit on. And that's on your card. And people try to scare it. I mean, people try to feed it a bunch of shit. Dude, it's the funniest thing you've ever seen. You got to you gotta do some more living, man. Uh, well, you know, you're right. <laughs> you got to see something like that, it, man. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll road trip down sometime, man. You know, down, to, down to Waverly. Down to Waverly, Ohio. Dude. There's some I'm good just, stuff there. There is. And I have some other friends that, that are from Waverly area. That's good stuff. Yeah, man. You got to stop at uh, 
You got to stop at the quick stop down there. That's what it is. It's the big yellow gas station, and get you a uh, get you a Slurpee, man. Put some bourbon in it. Do they sell the bourbon in the same place? Yeah, I mean, dude, they sell everything <laughs> there. I mean, everything. And on the way down, like if you blow on past uh, that, they have the uh, they have the. It's not a gas station, but it's like you can fill up a propane tank. And it says beer and ammo on the side of it. That's what it says. On 23. I'm Sounds like sure. fun. Oh, dude, you, you got to get down there and explore. It's, beer and ammo. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a state of mind down there. Man. I can't wait. Definitely. I can't wait. Definitely. Oh, man. Well, Aaron, you know, this is episode 20. I, you're more than welcome to come back and do another episode sometime, man. I would like, love that. Be great. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I go here. Talk. I can drink beer. I can drink Bush Light. Yeah. All yeah, night yeah. and 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 listen to these because I think you have a lot more stories to share. I just I don't have that much time on the clock. I got maybe ten minutes. Oh man. Well, let's keep it short and sweet. Um, I would like to hit, uh, like I said, October the seventh. We're gonna be down. Maybe it's October the 8th. It might be October the 8th. Whatever that Saturday is, if it's the 7th or if it's the 8th. Um, we're going to be down in uh, Washington Courthouse for the Gary and Tristan benefit. And that would be a really cool time if I could really get people to come down there and donate their their time and their support and a few dollars to help these kids out to to get them all of the treatment stuff that they need. Because, I mean, these these kids are cool as Christmas, man. They don't get any cooler than this. And they're in a really unfortunate spot. And uh, we, I'm trying to do anything that I can as far as uh, getting the word out there to get people down there to donate. And there's a lot of cool raffle items. They have food trucks. There's a ride. Um, you know, and that's all going to be posted on the, on the Facebook page on how you can get a hold of get, uh, tickets to get out there to do that. Um, and then other than that, we're going to be down back at 62 with the, uh, with the Buck Lee Shot Band instead of Buck Shots, Buck Lee Shot when I play with him. I like that. You know, I didn't come up with that either. That was, uh, that was Tom Bloomer that came up with that one. Uh, so we'll be down there on a few Wednesdays, a couple more Wednesdays. And then we're going to be doing a lot of solo stuff. Uh, I'll be doing, and you know, I don't know how you do it. I don't book months and months and months in advance. Somebody will call me on a Tuesday and say, hey, man, I want you to come down here and play on a Friday. And that's how it gets skipped that I don't, you know, I don't take the time and on Tuesday night say, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm playing down here last minute. I don't ever do that. I think it's more of a surprise if you just show up and I'm there. That's cool. <laughs> you know, and you didn't plan for it. That's cool. Yeah. Well, definitely. We'll, we'll post in your episode uh, details uh, a couple of these links mm-hmm. um, to stay in touch with you, Aaron Buckley. <laughs> We, uh, we know you now a little bit better, which is the whole point of these podcast episodes. He said, hey, what are we going to do? I'm like, we're going to talk about Aaron Buckley. Well, man, and if that's I That's what we did, man. <laughs> if, if I'd have known that all we were going to be doing was sitting down here with headphones on, drinking beer, and, ch- and talking to shit, man, I would have been... You could have called me a long time ago to do this. And, come on, man. I did. Did you? I saw you at a bar uh, in Columbus downtown. I think it was um, the red uh, red town. Was it red? Oh, the red brick. Red brick. Yeah, German village. Yeah, and uh, I, was, I was just launches in February. But oh, then, that's right. You did say so. So then I did finally text you, but I but again, like 
I got booked. I mean, it's been one to three a week, you know, and yeah. I got that all booked, but I, but I landed you, so to speak, to in come February. out yeah, in that's February, right. March. Yeah, that's right. Oh my um, gosh. I do remember that. Trying to put all this together and, um, without, you know, spending a lot of money, which I spent a little bit of money here, but. You know what? It's I okay. think it's all the way worth it. Look at this. This it's setup cool. is professional. It's nice. And dude, this is such an easy Getting going the job thing. Done. Yes, it's yeah. going. It's I and mean it's interesting too. I mean, I I loved talking to you today, man. I, I just loved it. And and you know, I have the same similar experience. Everyone's different. Everyone's got different inspirations and influences and yeah. um circumstances and uh desires and it's just a lot of fun man just doing a podcast and the cool thing is this will be saved out there long when we're yeah we're, gone. we're dead and gone people will be the, podcasting in outer Aaron space Buckley <laughs> podcast episode the first one of hopefully several for you anytime you many. want me to come down and podcast if i'm not booked buddy i'll be here we'll make the time that's right we can uh we can uh have Angelo pick us up a 30 rack of bush light and be like, dude, this one's going to be the two hour get down. It'd be nice if Angelo joined us, I think. I think it point. would be. I don't think he's, he, he's uh, permitted in for the job, but it's all good. Man. I know, but dude, that Angelo's would be cool. great. He was a really nice guy. And Lynn, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, it was good talking to you. You have a beautiful place up here and it's always good to see you guys. Oh, absolutely, man. Thank you. Always yep. good. Appreciate your time. All right, that's uh, episode 20 of Columbus Local Podcast. Thank you all for listening, and have a great night. Bye-bye.